morning service, we recognize that this is a very special day in our church, a day that we lift up as Laity Sunday. And this is the 28th anniversary of when we first started sharing this in our church. As you know, every other Sunday during the year, we get to hear from our ministers who are today sitting in the congregation or standing. But today, on Laity Sunday, we lift up the spiritual leadership of our lay people, our church members. And recognizing the spiritual leadership of every person is a rich part of our spiritual history. Because recognizing the spiritual gifts of regular, non-ordained people doesn't just go back to Martin Luther and the Reformation but actually goes back to the very beginning of Christianity itself, when there were no priests or ministers at all. But every part of the spiritual leadership that took place in those first church communities was being led by regular people, just like you and me. And the importance of this is what Martin Luther focused on in the 1500s when he emphasized the scripture passage that talked about the priesthood of all believers, saying that because there is a priesthood of all believers, we are all meant to minister to each other. So that's what Laity Sunday is really all about. So with this little bit of background about the significance of this day, let me invite you to please join with me in our responsive call to worship that you'll find in your bulletins. Let us gather together this hour in the grace, peace, strength, hope, and good courage that our Lord provides. Because God has put a new song in our mouths, we will sing our praise to God with thanks. Because God not only blesses us, but hears our pleas, let us put our trust in God's steadfast love. Because God's love has been written upon our hearts, let us delight in doing God's will. In our worship and in our life, may we celebrate God's grace and gifts in all that we say and do. Gathering in penitence and joy, let us worship and pray, committing all that God has given to us. Let us pray. Loving God, what an amazing day this is as we lift up our spiritual awareness and gather together in this loving place. And while as we pause for a moment and consider the incredible abundance in the life you have given and can easily be amazed at the waterfall of gifts and miracles touching our lives, we also recognize that too often we can be slow to really let the fullness of the miracle of life and all of its depth sink in. And then, to allow ourselves to fully live and to celebrate life in the spirit every day and in our sharing and in our kindness with others. So, as we gather this day to turn our hearts and minds to you, Help us to be open and to be aware 
and to accept our gifts and to celebrate our role as your helping hands and as your caretakers of this world and each other. And help us to welcome our many opportunities to care for and mend the brokenhearted and uplift the downtrodden. And as we thank you for all of our possibilities, may you give us both the love and the courage to boldly say yes to all that you offer. And although we may not always be ready to fully take that risk, here we are right now, gathered for this adventure once again. So here we are, Lord. May you lead us as we give ourselves to you and become instruments of love, and as we say yes to your surprises. This we pray in the spirit of Christ as we join together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. to all of you. Good morning. In just a moment, we will be reciting the unison prayer, the responsive reading. Uh, but if you look at your bulletins, you will notice on the next page that the senior choir is responding with an anthem by the same name, O Great Spirit. <clears throat> and when I told Paul about how this particular anthem was created, he said, that has to be one of the most unusual and unique creative processes that he's ever heard. You must share it with the congregation. And so I'll endeavor to be brief and to the point. In 2013, my wife Patty and I visited Iceland, stopping for two, three days in Reykjavik. And among other things we did in Reykjavik is we visited the Lutheran Church, which is on a hill in the center of Reykjavik. It's stunning, stunning architecture. As we're walking through the church, they're playing some choir music on the PA system. And I heard one particular song, anthem, that just captured my attention. Beautiful, almost haunting melody. And I said, I've got to get a copy of this anthem. Back of the church, they were selling CDs, so I bought one. When I got home from the, the trip to Iceland, I played the song over and over again, and I said, I, we have to find a way, I do, 
to get a copy of the music in the hopes that the senior choir would be able to sing it at an upcoming Sunday service. I reached out and got a hold of the choir director in the Reykjavik Lutheran Church. <laughs> and the next day, he sends me a copy of the music. I was thrilled, with one exception, and that's that the words <laughs> of the anthem are in Icelandic. <laughs> so I said, we're not going to sing an Icelandic song at, at a service. <laughs> so I contacted the choir minister again. I said, is there any way I could get you or somebody in your choir to translate the Icelandic into English? And it's a little bit more than just a straight translation because it has to fit with the music. Some words have to rhyme. It's a, it's a little bit of a, an artistic undertaking. <clears throat> Two weeks later, he comes back and said, I've tried, but there's nobody who's willing to step forward and help you on this translation. I spent the next three or four months searching somewhere in North America for somebody to help me translate and put this into this beautiful Icelandic anthem. <clears throat> I, I had friends as oh, I know somebody who used Icelandic. Uh, I called two Icelandic um, embassies. I called language schools around the country. Bottom line, nobody stepped forward to help me. And so, with some sadness, I took the piece and I put it into my files, thinking that it'll probably never be sung again. Fast forward to this summer, July 24th in particular, Laura was giving a sermon on the mission trip to the Lakota Reservation, Red Shirt Table. I had heard so many things from, from the congregation as to what an, um, a meaningful experience the mission trip was to, to them. Some even saying it's verging on life changing. So I wanted very much to hear Laura's sermon. We got there. And the bulletin was handed out. And on the very first page, at the beginning of the service, is the unison prayer, O Great Spirit, that you have in your bulletins this morning. Uh, don't, don't read it. We're going to read it here in just a second. But go to the bottom of that particular piece, and you will see in italics, translated by Lakota Sioux Chief Yellow Lark, in 1887. I have to say that I was very moved by that unison prayer there on the beach. Beautiful morning, sunshine. I, I even choked up a couple of times as I was reading the spirituality of the words that the chief did back in 1887. I think we all know that the Native Americans are every bit as spiritual as we are. Different words, different construct, but deep in spirituality. <clears throat> the, as I said, it was a very moving experience for me to read this particular prayer. Laura did her sermon with her team from the mission, and, and it was a very uplifting morning. On the way home, I had the bulletin in my hand with this unison prayer. And all of a sudden, I had this inspiration. I said, why don't I take the, <clears throat> the words 
and the phrases out of the Lakota prayer in 1887 and put them into this Icelandic hymn, Icelandic anthem, that is so desperate for words to bring it to life. Different words than what was written in Icelandic. I went home, and that afternoon, in three hours, I had composed or I had created the anthem that our senior choir is going to perform for you. <clears throat> and I'm still to this day trying to process how that all happened, the inspiration and the ability to get these three verses out that's in your, in your, in your bulletin. Paul says it was something far beyond just me as a person, something very special was happening. So this is my gift to you on Laity Sunday, this particular anthem. And I would ask the senior choir if you would rise and take your positions on the, on the dais. What we will do is we will read the unison prayer together and then the choir will go right into the choral response of the same ilk, O Great Spirit. I think we are there. Let's all read together the unison reading. <clears throat> o Great Spirit, whose voice I hear in the winds and whose breath gives life to all the world, Hear me. I need your strength and wisdom. Let me walk in beauty and make my eyes ever hold the red and purple sunset. Make my hands respect the things you have made and my ears sharp to hear your voice. Make me wise so that I may understand the things that you have taught my people. Let me learn the lessons you have hidden in every leaf and rock. Help me remain calm and strong in the face of all that comes towards me. Help me find compassion without empathy overwhelming me. I see strength not to be greater than my brother, but to fight my greatest enemy, myself. Make me always ready to come to you with clean hands and straight eyes. So when life fades as the fading sunset, my spirit may come to you without shame.
uh, beautiful words and music. Uh, good morning, everybody. Every Sunday is wonderful, um, but I do think Ladies Sunday is one of my favorites during the year, as it happens only one day each year. And I love to see our church members coming together and leading every single part of the service. We are a very blessed congregation in so many ways. So welcome to our service of worship. And as Kate mentioned before our call to worship, this is the day that we set aside to celebrate the ministry and spiritual leadership of our church members. So on behalf of Paul and Laura and our board of deacons, thank you to everyone who is participating today. And with that, let me invite all of you to please take the time and read all of the announcements in your bulletin because we have quite a bit going on this fall and I'm gonna run through some of the highlights here with you this morning. Let me start off, first off, if you are a visitor, welcome, and we'd love to send you a newsletter to keep you informed of everything that's going on. Plus, we'd like to drop you a note of welcome this coming week. So if you'd share your email address as well as your name in the friendship register that's at the ends of each pew, if you could please fill those out and pass them on to your neighbor at this time, that would be great and very much appreciated. Uh, for everyone, please join us after service in the fellowship hall for some refreshments brought to you by our high-performing spirited fellowship committee, as always. <laughs> and then right after that, after you've had your coffee and time to connect and get something to eat, we have our second hour program that starts at 1130. We continue to focus on mental health best practices. Uh, as our focus for this October, and want to really applaud Laura and the entire congregation to committing to this very critical topic in our society today. Um, this, this program today is geared towards middle and high school students and their parents, but of course will help those grandparents among us in the pews as well. And we have our very own Amy Common, who is a church member, and a therapist who specializes in anxiety she is going to lead the discussion on how and when to talk to your teens about mental health. For those of you who were there last week, Lisa Miller with The Awakened Brain, that was a terrific discussion. Uh, fantastic, we really enjoyed it. And this is such a helpful and needed program. Also today at four o'clock, we have a new member meeting. If you've been visiting here and if you'd like to make Southport Congregational Church your church home, you're welcome and invited to come to the library. Today at four o'clock, we will have childcare provided and you can get to know uh, many of the people who serve on the boards and the committees here at Southport Congregational. If you've not already let us know of your interest um, that you'd like to attend, please let someone on our staff know after church today. Also, we've got our Congregational Annual Preliminary Budget Meeting. That's next Sunday, and it'll be right after worship here in the sanctuary. So please, everyone, listen to our vision and our plans for next year, and we need to vote on our 2023 budget. So please come to listen, ask your questions, and vote. I've got a few other announcements still. Uh, there is a special page in our bulletin for events where you can sign up and attend the events. 
Also want to thank everyone who has contributed to our annual holiday food basket. These Thanksgiving baskets are going to be assembled after worship on Sunday, November 20th. Those details also can be found in your bulletin. And then also coming up two Sundays from now, an important holiday, Veterans Day. So if you are a veteran and you'd like to participate in the processional flag ceremony, that's November 6th, contact Pam Poling, and of course, thank you so much for your service. Now, I'd like to invite up uh, Denise Karen Quinn to say a few words about our 27th annual fundraiser, Rooms with a View. Thank you, Andrew, and good morning, everyone. It's always with great pleasure when I'm asked to say something about one of my favorite events at this church, which is Rooms with a View. When I started attending here, oh, I think it was about 17 years ago, it was probably the first opportunity that I had to really begin to get to know the people of this congregation. And it was a wonderful opportunity indeed to start to see the works that we do and the charities that we support. Uh, this event has uh, an outreach to about 18 different uh, organizations in our community that we help through the money that is raised. And the event itself, if you haven't been, is absolutely spectacular. Um, this year, Again, it's going to be wonderful. Um, Chris Phillip is our chairperson. It starts with an opening night party on November the 10th. We've got some of these uh, posted throughout the church. You've probably, if you're on our mailing list, would have received something in the mail as well. So the opening night gala is always a fun event, great food, great fellowship. You get to see all the vignettes. Um, over the weekend, there will be lecture series, and there will also be some book signings. Um, and if you are on Instagram, I suggest you check out their um, Instagram site, which is Rooms with a View Southport, and all of that information will be in there as well with the sponsors. Um, also, if you're on our mailing list, you may have received yesterday an email inviting you to consider maybe supporting some of the vendors and the workers who are here working to set up, because they need to eat and they need sustenance. So the way we keep them going is church members provide them with lunches and snacks. So if you haven't received that email and you're interested, we encourage you to reach out to Chris Phillip. His email address is cwmphilip, P-H-I-L, one L-I-P, at gmail.com, or you can contact the church. We encourage every one of you to hopefully attend and involve yourself as much as you wish to, because it is something rather extraordinary. Thanks.
Almighty Creator, we are reminded of your majesty in creating the natural world when we see the beauty around us in these autumn days with beautiful trees reaching up to the sky with golden leaves lit in the sunshine and crisp air. Remind us of your presence when we see these things, breathing deeply and feeling a sense of calm and knowing your presence. When we gather here together to worship and reflect, let us come with open hearts. Lord, we live in a world that often feels confusing. So many messages seem to contradict your teachings about who we should be and what we should be doing. As we try to live by your precepts, we witness those who create discord and strife. We often don't know what to do about these people. Do we ignore them, pretending they don't exist? Should we defend and argue? Or should we instead try to lead by example? We know you call us to be discerning, to use our wisdom to think and tell the difference between those who would guide positively or those who would mislead. Let us pray for discernment, but without judgment, for that is your domain. So we also pray for healing, to heal the hearts of those who are led to do things that harm others, who seek to impose their will when it is your will we should follow. Help us to remember that your will for us is to be outward looking. Although we can gather strength from you within ourselves, our best work is done when we focus on others. Let us take our own pain and as you heal us, help us to become stronger and then to be empathetic to others, understand them better and teach us how to reach out with a hand or a kind word. If we're able, give us strength to do more. If it is with our own resources or with our time, to know that those gifts will enrich the receiver and the giver. But help us to do that without any expectation. Just to know that it is right and that is the best representation of your love for us, that we express that love on to those close and to those we may only encounter briefly. Finally, help us to remember that the most powerful tool that you gave us, in addition to love, is forgiveness. Forgiveness is counterintuitive to the worldly thoughts of being right or having vengeance vengeance for wrongs. We've all been hurt by someone or something. Help us to let go of those hurts. Show us how we can be gracious in compassion, even if those we forgive do not know it. Finally, help us to be compassionate and merciful to ourselves. Amen.
This is the third Lady Sunday that I've played a role in, and I always find it a very unique and special day of service in our church calendar, driven by the lay people and the congregation. And I say that because each participant today brings and shares a gift. They openly give of themselves, be it an original musical creation or inspiring, meaningful words delivered in a message. In this way, God's light truly shines through them, selflessly and with loving generosity. Let's now help others and give for our extended community that your gifts may be received and given anew.
join me now in the unison prayer of dedication found in your bulletin. Our faith in you reveals itself in the generosity with which we give. Accept these offerings morning. I'm so happy to be here. For those of you who may not know me, my name is Tamberlyn Chapman. Many of you know me as Tammy. It's my privilege to be a member of this church and part of this church community for over 25 years. And I enjoy serving the church and our church family in any way I'm able, including my current role on the Board of Deacons. I appreciate the opportunity to speak here today to share my experiences, and hopefully to convey a message as well. And this message today is about God's light, how his light shines upon us to raise us up and keep us strong in times of need. But more specifically, my message is about a specific way in which this occurs, a way that is relevant to you and to me, to all of us in our everyday lives. Because certainly, we all have a direct connection with God. There are times when we seek his guidance, his solace, his comfort. And this direct connection is through our, our talking with God, right? Our prayers. And we feel the spiritual connection and we absorb his light. We feel his light and we share his light. This is an integral part of our faith. But what about the times when we receive his message or feel his light through another source? This is what I'm going to explore with you this morning. The power of shining his light onto others, through others, when we need it the most. So we first look to the scripture. Where in the Bible provides insight as to how God's light lives in us, through us, and among us? There are several scripture verses, and there's a few in your bulletin today, which you can look at. I'm going to read just a couple of them for you. From John, John 12, verse 46. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And from Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that may, they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
These passages teach us several things about God's light. One is that with faith in God and in Jesus Christ, light will shine even when we are in periods of darkness. But we also learn that we can be that light. God sent his son to do his work and to shine his light upon us and among us. But we too can spread his light and let it shine onto others. When we do this, we are doing the work of God. But what about when we encounter darkness? Most of us here have experienced times of darkness in our lives. This can be times when life seems to be sailing along with smoothness and you feel like you're managing it all, right? Got it under control. All the typical and expected challenges of, of life, of an active life, for some this may seem, this may be balancing family, work, all the obligations and responsibilities in your world. And you, again, you think, you think you have it all under control and then something unexpected hits you or hits a family member and life is thrown off kilter. Sometimes this is something small but nonetheless impactful. And it could be something so significant that it creates a permanent change of course. These are the moments that make us feel helpless and anxious and worry. There are also experiences which are just lifelong struggles, not something that hits us unexpectedly, but something that is just in our life over a long duration, something that makes us react and then learn how to cope, to manage, so as to reduce the ongoing impacts until a solution or a remedy can be implemented, if that's even possible. My way of coping with these struggles is to try and stay positive and optimistic and not to complain or not to complain too much. I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts and I come from a long line of loving but very strong women who taught me that when something unpleasant is occurring, just address it with full strength, head on, keep moving forward with chin up, with perspective, and most importantly to remember, it could always be worse. From the time I received my first Bible at the small church we attended, one of my favorite and most meaningful passages comes from Isaiah 40. In fact, I learned it by singing it at summer camp. It's in your bulletin, but I'm going to read it to you because I want you to just listen and feel it. This is Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I lived by these words, I still do, trying to focus on the good life, on the good in life, meeting obstacles head on and with full strength. But then about 10 years ago, things completely unraveled in my world. 
A series of events and circumstances blew up my world, left me struggling to maintain the strength and the positivity which everyone around me knew me for. And although there were times of joy during this time for myself and my children, this decade of my life was mentally and physically exhausting. And it often left me feeling overwhelmed and without any control. The first, which many of you who know me on a personal level know, is that I went through a very long and difficult separation and divorce, which lasted for many, many, many years. During that time, two of my children faced very serious medical issues. One was diagnosed with a bone tumor in his left femur, which was also embedded into his growth plate. And he was about 11 years old at the time. So here I was, going along, thinking I was handling it all, keeping all the balls in the air, the home, the family with three young children, their needs, schooling, just the typical busyness of life, balancing it all with work and other obligations, and then suddenly, whammo. The call comes in from the MRI results, and the pain that they initially said was just a symptom of his tendonitis from playing sports actually turned out to be a tumor in his leg bone and his growth plate. So our entire life came screeching to a halt. The only thing on my calendar became the appointment the next day at Yale Orthopedic Oncology. Nothing else seemed to matter at that very moment. But something kicks in, right? As a parent, you stay strong, you do what was needed, and I did what was needed for my son, for my other children. I went into overdrive, absorbing as much of my child's upset as possible to take away from him as much as I could. It's one of the worst feelings as a parent, as many of you know, to see your child in pain and struggling and not be able to fix it. There was this physical struggle through diagnosis and surgery and treatment. And then there was the mental struggle. Because at 11 years old, right, not, not knowing whether you were going to lose half your leg or worse, that was a heavy darkness for him. So I prayed. I stayed strong in my faith and in my spiritual connection to God. I was grateful that he also had a strong foundation in his faith. But it was God's work through others that made our day-to-day -day survival possible. Was there light? Yes, there was. Each time my parents came to help, beacons of light chasing away the darkness. Each time my friends came to sit with us, cook for us, help drive one of my children so that I could tend to my son. The volunteer nurse who didn't even know me, who brought me ice chips while I was waiting for my son to get out of surgery that day. To her, she was just doing her job. To me, it was a very dark moment. And this was the light of God, reaching out, literally, with cup in hand, an act of kindness. When one of the surgeons came out afterwards to tell us that the removal and the bone transplant was, had been successful, 
I expressed my appreciation to him. I was so relieved, right? And he reached out and he touched my shoulder very briefly. And he told me that God had been with him in the surgery, in the surgery room so that he could do his best for my son. And I felt God's light at that very moment. And it renewed my strength. Just a couple of years later, another of my children sustained a severe head injury during hockey practice. Serious enough that he was out of school for five and a half months with severe headaches and loss of visual and some auditory processing. So again, my days were filled with daily treatments and medical appointments and specialists. And again, the recovery was unpredictable and out of my control. There was not much he could do during this period of time. He couldn't read or write or look at screens. The neurological impairment, thank God temporary, but the swelling of his brain prevented him from being able to visually focus on things for too long. So for five months, he couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't do anything with his friends. And he felt the darkness, physically and mentally. So where was the light? Again, we prayed. He came to church wearing special glasses. Our church family came up to us afterwards with kindness, words of kindness and and humor, even. It was just a simple, natural thing for you all to do, but it made such a difference. He has a group of friends, four boys, that have been together and known each other since they were toddlers. They organized amongst themselves to take turns stopping by after school for short visits to keep my son connected to his friends and school and what was going on in their lives. They were, these were just middle schoolers, middle school boys at the time, busy with their own schedules. But their thoughtfulness and their selflessness made an impact. These are the things that pulled him through that period of darkness. These were messengers of God shining God's light upon my son. There was one occasion when my son experienced some complications with his asthma, and we ended up at the ER via ambulance. And if any of you have been into Bridgeport Hospital, you may have noticed the artwork of photographs on canvas, which are displayed on the walls throughout various departments. We were in one of the ER triage rooms. My son was having difficulty breathing, so they had him hooked up, which of course made him even more anxious. There were about 10 or 12 medical personnel all in there taking care of him, tending to the machines and the monitoring equipment to help stabilize him. But he was terrified. I could see it in his eyes. And there was a moment, something made him look up on the wall, straight ahead in that triage room. There was a large photograph, a canvas photograph, of two zebras with their necks intertwined. And he was able to focus on this. And it had a calming effect on him. It made him smile and breathe. It's something you can't explain. It's just a sense of lightness. It came over him and, of course, came over me because I could see it in him. In that very tense moment of physical impairment and mental anxiety, there was a light. 
The signature in the corner of the canvas, Hugh Smith, friend and church family. Hugh wasn't there. He wasn't present that day. He didn't even know we were there. But God's light transferred through his acts. His gift of this photograph hanging on the wall at just the right spot and just the right time to help my son. And by the way, my son and I shared that story with Hugh sometime after that. And that following Christmas, Hugh had a duplicate canvas print made of that very same picture with the, with the zebras intertwined. And it hangs in our home where my son sees it daily. That is the work of God through others. So simultaneous with all of these medical issues, I was still trying to navigate separation and divorce. I felt pulled in so many directions at once, very overwhelmed. I felt worried that my daughter had been sort of lost in the shuffle of everything in the midst of all the boys' health issues and with all my energy and attention focused on them. I'm so grateful to those beacons of light who were there for her when I couldn't be. I'm so grateful that on the few occasions when I found myself curled in a ball, feeling unable to fix things or find solutions, feeling overwhelmed, feeling the darkness coming in, all those beacons of light and those messengers were there, and I could reach out to them, my parents, my close friends, Laura and Paul. They absorbed some of my anguish, and they shared the light, and they renewed my strength. So I could get back to the task of figuring out what was needed to address my family's well-being, our security. It came to a point where we had to sell the family home, and the kids and I moved out temporarily into a rental in town. I signed a six-month lease and assured the kids that we would be in a new home, something more permanent, as soon as the divorce proceeding was complete. Well, for several reasons, that process lasted much longer than six months. As I said, it lasted many, many years. And when I finally reached the finish line, at least in terms of the court process, it was the beginning of February 2020. Yes. <laughs> so it was a difficult time for everyone. It was a difficult situation for me financially by that time after the long process. Thank God I still had my job with good health insurance for myself and for my children. Thank God for my parents, the sacrifices they have made for their children and grandchildren. And again, the light came in times of real need and it came in unexpected forms. I had started looking for a home for the kids and me trying to stay in town and in the same school district. I bumped into a friend and fellow church member, and I'll not identify her by name, but I will say that she and her children had also suffered hardship and great loss over the same time frame that I had. And this had led her to a circumstance wherein she and her kids had moved out of their family home in town and were currently living elsewhere. She had rented her house for a year or so trying to decide whether they would eventually come back to it. And at the point, 
In February 2020, when we ran into each other, she had just decided that she was going to sell the house. So when she heard that I was finally through with my divorce process and could get out of the rental and into something permanent and more affordable, she encouraged me to come look at her house. And I met her at her house one day, just the two of us, right as things began to close down due to the COVID pandemic. And you know that feeling when you just know that something is right and you're where you're supposed to be. And this was it. I loved the house and the vibes in it and the neighborhood. I loved the garden that her husband had built in the backyard. And he is someone I will always remember for his service to this church. Her kindness made it possible for me to buy her home. It was March 2020, and the pandemic closure hit with full force. So my office shut down. Most of the banks were shutting down. My mortgage rep at the local bank stayed in touch. He promised he would keep working on my application from his house in order to process it and complete my mortgage on time so that I could make this quick closure date that we had. It was a stressful time, especially for my friend who had begun receiving all kinds of lucrative cash offers from New York buyers looking to quickly get out of New York City. But she stayed strong in her resolve for us to have her home. And the grace that she showed me and my family was again the work of God coming through her. Her actions of love and support, her strength and our combined determination I believe that this was all fueled by God's light. And in Matthew, when he says, people light a lamp and it gives light to all in the house, this was truly a light that lit our whole house. And it provided a happy home, as well as a sense of stability and security for my children after so many years of disruption and upset and upheaval. So I will be forever grateful to this friend, just as I'm grateful to the friends who gathered to help us move during COVID closure and lockdown, because that was indeed an interesting challenge with many obstacles. However, these were the same friends who had come years prior when we had to move out of the family home amidst difficult circumstances. They were messengers of God, bringing relief, renewing strength. I thank God for the light in my life, for the abundance of that light, and for the people who bring me his light every single day. I also thank God for the ability to be a light, to help shine his light upon others. This is the work of God. This is also a part of our faith in God, having the ability to both receive God's light and also to share it with others. This is the practice of our faith. Again, it's not always an act on our part that is obvious or even intended. Sometimes we're not even aware that we are transferring his light. It can come in small expressions, seemingly insignificant acts or words or gestures. It can come in small doses or it can come in bright blasts but it will come when the need is there. God's light is in you, 
and it is in me, and it is in all around us. So be a light, feel the light, and share the light. Thank you. Amen. behind the scenes in your participation here. 
and we put it all together, and it really is this amazing light all together and individually. It's real. It's so real that God is here in this way and all of these ways, as Tammy said, through you, through each other. Do you ever, ever wonder about where God is, how it works? That's it. Even touching us in the hospital, your photographs. We happen to know who you are, you. We have to know all these different ways, but think about all the ways that we, that we don't know the person, and yet there is a person there. May we feel this warmth. May we feel this strength. May we feel God's presence in us, among us, through us. Now and forever and ever and ever. Even through a real estate agent. <laughs> this we pray and this we live and this we celebrate. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.